0: Hello and welcome back to the Interplast Insights podcast. My name is Dave Gray, I'm the Head of Content at British Plastics and Rubber and Interplast Insights. Apologies first of all if I sound a bit more uh, nasal than usual, I have COVID at the moment so I'm going to keep this intro quite brief. But just to let you know that this podcast is an interview I did recently with Dr Jan Sultemeier who is the Global Head of Innovation and Sustainability at Aviant. Aviant, for those who don't know, is a provider of specialty additives and polymers and um, like most uh, stakeholders in the plastic supply chain, Avian is currently looking for responsible solutions to increase the sustainability of its products. Additives in particular can add many benefits to plastics, of course, but they can also impact on recyclability. So I wanted to speak to Jan about a facility that the group opened in 2020 called Cycle Works. You may have read about it in the news. Um, I wanted to find out what Jan and his colleagues have learned about the recyclability of polymer additives. I hope you enjoy the conversation.
1: In fact, the Cycleworks is a facility we uh, we set up in Italy, in northern Italy, close to Milano, and it's a small recycling unit. So maybe for a master batcher, it's it's not usual to have a, its own his own recycling unit, but we. Uh, actually installed it there and not to become a recycler on our own but to actually do strategic innovation on the recycling process itself so what we can do there is actually we can replicate the whole industrial mechanical recycling process in a small let's say 50 to 100 kilo scale uh, where we can produce our own specimen <clears throat> and we can uh, produce our own bottles films chips whatever we want to Uh, evaluate and then shred them to flakes. We have a industrial scaled down washing equipment where we can replicate the industrial washing conditions like caustic soda, for example, at 80 or 90 degrees. So really put some stress on the polymer. Um, Washing the flakes, drying the flakes and then re-extruding that to our self-made PCR. So we can go through a twin screw or single screw extruder. We can apply high vacuum also like the industry is doing to get rid of volatiles and then produce our own PCR. And then uh, with that, we can again produce bottles, films, chips, and we can turn the wheel again and again. Uh, And it's quite a flexible unit to have uh, strategic innovation on the recycling process. We can take samples wherever we would like. Uh, We can also start with flakes from a a recycler, for example, just to improve the quality of these flakes. So it's a very versatile
0: uh, R&D unit we have there. Fantastic. So where did the original idea come from? Well, it's all based on the fact that the whole industry is at the moment
1: looking for solutions, how to improve recycling. You know, there's the European Union targets out there uh, giving us clear specifications where the industry has to go in terms of PCR content in packaging. And um, if you you really analyze this, uh, what what it actually means for the industry and for the components that are used, uh, it means that you need more innovation on the recycling process. And, and of course, if you really want to see the effect of a certain additive mixture, for example, on the recyclability of, a, of a, a plastic recycling, then you need to replicate it as close to reality as possible. Because if you just give this additive to a recycler in a large scale, you will probably lose the, the results somewhere in the, let's say, in the, in the waste that is actually recycled there, because its, it's volume simply too, too high. Um, and, and that was the reason why we said we have to invest into this equipment to be really
0: equipped for the future and and be able to uh to innovate yeah. excellent so um the facility was announced i think at the end of 2020 um so what work has been completed so far uh yeah that's correct end of uh,
1: 2020 we we basically uh, uh, kind of kicked off the activity and it was heavily delayed due to COVID. unfortunately we wanted to be actually working much earlier but you know everybody i think suffered from the same problem here um, and, and officially, we started working then in January last year. Uh, and of course, the, the initial stage was really a, a gaining experience. Huh? So we we started to replicate the, the recycling protocols from RECI class, from EPBP, from APR, just to be, first of all, learning our equipment, how to manage it and how to actually uh, interpret the results we, we got. Uh, so that was the first phase and then the second phase we immediately really jumped into action and we wanted to understand what is actually the effect of our standard additives and colorants which we are selling uh, on on recycling on the recyclability because we wanted to make sure that whatever we give to our customers even from the standard portfolio is not destroying recyclability so we we had a broad screening on that one and then from this we we actually continued and said okay now we see uh, certain additives have a a rather positive effect. Antioxidants, for example, which is quite obvious. But can we actually improve on the on the uh, on this effect? Um, and 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 that's actually possible. So we found new additive mixtures which actually protect the polymer uh, from the beginning on in the long run in the recycling process. Because you have to imagine, you know, at the moment the protocols we have in the industry are just one cycle. You know, if you go for recycling, they check recyclability one cycle. But that's not the full target because we want to keep the polymer in the loop and have it recycled again and again and what happens if you accumulate let's say degraded polymer in the process and if you increase the pcr ratio in the packaging so that would mean um, uh, over quite some time but after maybe a year you would accumulate very much um, a, a lot of material which is not in a good quality anymore and that will be in a large content in the bottle up to 25 to 50 percent um, and that would actually destroy recyclability on the long run um, so for us it's very important to go for this design of uh, design for recycling concept, meaning trying to protect the polymer and keep it stable in the process as long as possible.
0: Okay, interesting and um, what have you what have you learned so far <clears throat> um, I think one of the bigger learnings is actually that you have two
1: type of solutions you can offer for this market, and I like to speak about aspirin and vitamin for plastics. Uh, so, so the one is the aspirin, which is just taking away maybe the headache of a of a converter which has to deal with a low quality PCR and still has to make a good bottle. So, I think there's many problems around that at the moment. So, these would be solutions like compatibilizers uh, or or also antioxidants, just to give more stability and to, to uh, enable them to open up a b- bit their processing window. But it's not you know, actually curing the disease in a sense uh, that, that you, know, you, you don't improve the recycling process. You just upgrade and kick a little bit, boost a little bit the, the, the low quality PCR. But still uh, there will be more low quality PCR coming in. So the vitamin on the other hand is really what I just talked about is this design for recycling solution. So meaning how can we actually from the beginning on put the right additive package into a, uh, into a polymer so that it keeps healthy and strong over many, many cycles. And that's also what we use the cycle works for. So we have a lab environment where we just turn the wheel like five, six times. And the more, the often you actually recycle, the more heat histories you accumulate with the polymer and you really see how it degrades. And here we can then bring the right packages of additives
0: which actually help to make a product recyclable again and again and again. Okay. And have there been any surprises along the way? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, Many, probably. And maybe
1: the the, the biggest insight we had actually is when we started, we were still in this, let's say, old fashioned R&D mentality. I develop one product that solves the problem. Uh, which is normally the case when you start an innovation project, saying, I want to develop a solution to this problem. Mm. Uh, but we realize now that it's actually impossible. There is no magic bullet to solve uh, recycling issues because the PCR is always so different depending on what kind of waste stream is used, that you, every time a, a recycler comes to us with a problem, it's different. Of course, there's some certain products we can recommend, and we have a certain portfolio by now, and we will increase that portfolio like a building block concept. But here it's more about building a formulation competency, understanding where really the problem is. Is it stabilization? Is it compatibilization? Is it capturing something from the, from the PCR, getting something out of it? Um, and every time it's different. So you will never have this one... Uh, Recycling additive that solves all problems—it's it will not exist. Uh, so that's the reason why we also shifted a bit our view on this topic and said, okay, what we need is actually a broader scope of materials of of performance additives which can actually um, help recyclers or converters uh, in the different situations to solve them. Huh?
0: And can you give some um, kind of specific examples of how the data could be used in the real world? Um,
1: I think it's, it, it, this data accumulation is very important huh? because when we started, we were starting from zero. So we were not recyclers. We were master batches. We knew about additives, but not about the recycling process. And we see, uh, we, we aggregate a lot of data, especially when you run this multiple re- recycling loops. So it's, it's actually fascinating. Um, sometimes you're even surprised that the polymer is not degrading if you start from a virgin polymer but then you see as soon as you have a mix with other polymers then you catalyze and you initiate actually degradation and with this data of course we are building on this data on on a day-to-day basis we're increasing it to get more knowledge but um for us it's also important to share this data also uh, in our industry groups where we're working so we just are about to join also resi class we are a very active member in the alliance to plastic waste where we also discuss and, and this base data, I think it's very important for the industry to share it. Of course, every company will have their own proprietary data about what kind of additive works. So that's a different story. But just seeing how a polymer degrades and what are the influences in the process and how to actually fix that, thats important that we all work together Otherwise, if we're still sitting in our ivory towers, we will probably never be able to solve this recycling challenge, which we have ahead of us. So therefore, what we do with the data, we try to share with value chain partnerships, we work together with with converters, but also with machine producers, with raw material producers, additive producers, uh, and and really try to find the right partnerships to, to be more powerful in solving the problems.
0: Fantastic. And on that note, um, and this is my, my concluding question, um, what are the next steps for the project? Um, <clears throat> so f- first of
1: all, we will continue building on on our knowledge. We will try to Um, broaden the scope of our, let's say, uh, reach of our additive performance uh, in compatibilization and stabilization, but also in color, how to manage color in the recycling process, how to maybe even give a prediction what kind of colors are possible based on a gray starting material. You know, Normally the PCR is grayish and people say, yeah, but it's gray, I can't make a nice yellow anymore. Yeah, maybe, but you can even achieve a lot of other colors and we are working on something that actually helps customers to design based on a PCR. Um, And and we are also um, trying to integrate more labs inside of Avient into the CycleWorks activity. At the moment, it's this one unit, and we're working very closely with our, let's say, uh, R&D colleagues, also based in the UK. But we want to use more labs all around the world in this CycleWorks scope, actually, to bring together the knowledge also from different regions. We're very European-focused, but recycling is a global issue. So we really want to broaden the reach of this activity and, and be very close to customers, especially recyclers, to help them actually to improve.
0: Fantastic. Um, Jan, it's been a pleasure speaking to you this morning. Thank you very much for uh, making time to chat with me. And um, we'll look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thanks David, it was a pleasure. That concludes another Interplast Insights podcast. Thank you again to Jan for speaking with me. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with colleagues who might be interested. Um, to receive British Plastics and Rubber in print or digital format and stay up to date with all the latest plastics and industry news, head over to interplastinsights.com. Till next time, thanks very much for listening.